0: Welcome to church anybody excited to be in the house of God this morning hallelujah can we give the worship team another round of applause did they not do a wonderful job amen amen we are beginning a new sermon series entitled live ready somebody say live ready I'm excited about what we will see and what we will gather as we make it through this particular series. And as as we go through this this morning, I think we're going to see that this is very applicable for us during this time. I'm reminded of a time where I had to pivot in a very unexpected way. Now, there's a running joke from people who know me about how I like for things to be methodical. Any type A people in the house this morning? Just one, one, no proud type A, okay. <laughs> Two, some, some not so proud type A people. And as I was going through the process of childbirth with my daughter Leah, who happens to be celebrating her 18th birthday today, happy birthday Leah. I had an OBGYN that I started off seeing every month. And as you know, as you get closer to the date, that goes to like every two weeks. And so everything in my mind was that she and I and my husband, we were this team. And we were preparing for the birth of something very special in my life. And as we got closer to the date, she looked on her calendar and she says, oh, she's due to come on my daughter's birthday. I said, oh wow, isn't that something? And then it hit me. I said, is that gonna be a problem? Are you still planning to come to the delivery if it's on your daughter's birthday? Oh sure, sure, Well, it won't be a problem. Lo and behold, I go into labor. I get into the hospital. I'm looking for my OBGYN that I've seen every week for the last eight months, and now they let me know, oh, it's her daughter's birthday. She won't be delivering your baby today. Enters Dr. Gerson. Never seen this woman before in my life, and I'm a little bit agitated because I don't know anything about her, and yet, can you say she's just what God wanted just what God wanted. At that moment, she was so skilled. She was so experienced in what she was doing. And I enjoyed her and I loved her so much that I made sure I made it my business for every other child I had after Leah. Guess who delivered them? Dr. Gerson. It was one of those moments in my life when I realized Sometimes it's good when things don't go according to plan. I want to encourage you in that this morning because I believe some of you are facing a similar circumstance. You have it all mapped out. You've got the three-year plan and the five-year plan and the ten-year plan, and you knew exactly what you wanted to do, exactly when you expected to be doing it. And God, this is your cue. This is when you come in. And yet, it doesn't go that way. It goes in a different direction. It goes in a way that maybe you weren't anticipating. And I need for us to be reminded this morning that we have to be ready. We have to be ready no matter what the direction is that God is taking us, no matter what it is he wants to do in our lives, no matter what the pivot is, if you really believe that God is in control, you come to a place where you can say, God, where are you in this? Can we look for where God is in the middle of your transition? We're going to be, especially if we asked for 2023 to be different in the midst of change. Somebody say change. Now see, here's the funny thing about change. We all want something different, but we don't want to go through the change. Make it make sense. How are you going to get to the expected end? How are you going to get to the place that God has for you if you're not willing to make an adjustment? And so what I need us to understand as we're going through change, as we're going through unexpected adjustments, This is not a time to waver in our faith. This is a time to be anchored in our faith and to resort back to what we know about him to guide us through. And so when I say live ready, and I declare that we're going to be talking about this for the next four weeks in this sermon series, I'm not sure what comes to mind immediately for you, but when I think about living ready, I think about being vigilant, being alert, being awake. In regards to our souls, we've got to stay awake. Stay alert. And God can and he will show up in some of the most unexpected moments. I want us to actually get in the habit of looking for him to show up. Like, God, I know you're in this some way. Because I had it all figured out and this is how things were going to go. And if things got interrupted... I'm expecting that you're in the midst of this some kind of way. You're redirecting my steps. You're ordering my steps. And that is such a blessing. See, we take that as an annoyance. But what if we began to see that as a blessing, that we were on the wrong path? We were headed about the wrong direction, And instead of us getting all the way to the destination and realizing we're in the wrong place, that the Holy Spirit interrupted our plans to get us on the right path. That if you could think of it in terms of our technology and our days and what is commonplace, think about your GPS system. Have you ever been in the car and the GPS is planning to take you a certain way and then it says reroute, recalculating, Because what all of you didn't realize at first is there's a detour on the end of this street because there's a pothole and they're gonna be doing some work here. And so now, even though it's a inconvenience because you had in your mind that this was the route that you were gonna take, the GPS is serving you well by showing you that's actually not the best route now. You don't know it, you're inconvenienced because you don't understand why am I going a different way, but it is saving you the trouble of heading somewhere that is not where you need to be. I hope this morning that we can recondition our minds as we're hearing the word of God to be able to keep watch. Somebody say, keep watch. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 24, because there is a passage of scripture here where Jesus talks about the future, things to come. And here's what he challenges us to do in this scripture. If you're joining us for the first time, if you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand. One will be provided for you. And in the top corner of each slide, you'll see the page number where uh, we will find that. Can we all give Kiki a round of applause real quick? Just real quick. Come on. Y'all can do better than that. Tell the truth. Y'all missed those scriptures, didn't y'all? You missed them. You missed the page numbers. You missed all of that. Thank you, Kiki, for providing that for us this morning. And so we're in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. We're going to be looking at verses 42 through 44. And we're in the King James Version. If you're following along with us, if you have a different version of the Bible, the words may look a little bit different, and that is why. But here's what it says in King James. It says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house... Had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched. And would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Jesus in this passage is speaking about himself. He says he must keep watch. We must keep watch for his coming. He even likens it to if you knew a robbery was going to take place at your house, would you take some steps to get ready if you knew that they were coming so that you might be able to prevent that from occurring? In the same way, we need to Prepare, because we know the day is coming. Now, we may not know what the day will be, but we know that he is coming back for his bride. He's coming back for his church. Do you want to be in that number? Amen. Amen. And so we need to take steps to be ready. Somebody say, be ready. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. I want us to look at verse 8, because if you want to be ready, I know not everyone expresses it the same way, but I believe that if you're here this morning, if you're watching us online this morning, you do want to be ready, and there is work to be done. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 reads, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This, in a nutshell, is the task that we as followers of Christ have been given while our King Jesus is away. Have you ever left your home and left your children and said, you know what, I'm going to be gone before I get back. X, Y, and Z better be done. Maybe you haven't gave the instructions. Maybe you're the child that received the instructions. There's this expectation that we would understand the urgency and that when they are away and then some of us, you know, we got some of us that just like to live on the edge. They like to wait until the parents are at the end of the driveway and then start scuffling to try to do what it was they were supposed to do. But then the rest of us, we're like, no, let's get this out the way. Let me go ahead and take care of the business that I know that I am responsible for handling. And I wonder where you sit in that range this morning. Are you going to be the one that is scrambling at the last minute, trying to figure out, have I done everything I need to do? Or are you willing to, with me this morning, on this day, say, no, I am going to make myself ready? I am going to move forward and doing the things that I know that my Lord desires for me to do to prepare a church for him when he returns. We're a part of this process. I think sometimes we misunderstand and we think that it is someone else's goal, someone else's job, someone else's responsibility. Oh, that's what the pastor does. Oh, that's what the evangelist does. But what we see as we look closely at the scripture, that's all of our assignment. This is, in a nutshell, the task that he has given us. We are called to share his message of hope. And I don't know about you, but he really had to convict me to understand that. I was in a direct sales business And as a result of me being in direct sales, if you've ever known anybody who sells direct sales, Mary Kay, Cincy, 31, something like that, they're not going to do very well if they don't share with people that this is a product that they sell. Some people share a little bit more than others, but ultimately they share. And the Holy Spirit really just had to convict me because I was doing an amazing job of sharing all the products that I had available for purchase. And the Holy Spirit had to prick me and say, wow, what if you shared me just as much? Whoa. I I had to make an adjustment. I had to revisit my content calendar, as they call it. I had to make sure that for every post I told about this product, there was also a post that told about Jesus. I had to make sure that in my daily conversations that I wasn't just seeking out opportunities to make a sale, but I was seeking up opportunities to win a soul. That's our responsibility. Maybe for some of us today, we feel like something is holding us back from going all in like that. Regardless of where you are today, the message of Christ is still the same. For you will face trouble. But take heart and keep watch for I have overcome the world and empower you as well. This is John 16:33 for my note takers. Are we truly ready as Jesus is commissioning us in this passage. One of the things that I think can sometimes hold us back is many of us declare early on, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Have you ever heard yourself say that? And so you don't feel like you're going to share because you don't want people to look at your life and the way in which you may be living that is contrary to what you're sharing and then get judgment back from them as to why you're sharing. Is that holding us back? And if it is, my challenge to you this morning would be to line our lives up with the word, line our lives up with the word. So that when we are ready to share, when we are ready to evangelize, that there is nothing that makes us feel like, well, maybe they're not going to receive it from me as their messenger. This is a journey. And we declare that this was our year. We declare that God was doing a new thing in our lives. And maybe instead of us thinking that all the new things are external, maybe some of those new things begin on the inside of us some new changes, some new practices, some new ways that we do things incrementally. I was at a leadership workshop the other day, and the facilitator said something that I loved so much. I want to share it with you and give her the credit for it. It was to make one-degree shifts. See, I think we get intimidated at times because we feel like we have to make a 360 degree shift and we're not prepared yet to do that. We don't know yet how to do that. But what if we only made one degree shifts, one step at a time, one day at a time, until we see ourselves being made over in the image of Christ? The next thing we're gonna say is keep learning. Somebody say keep learning. As we think about this lifelong process of faith and the continuous work of sanctification that I alluded to a moment ago, it is imperative that we stay curious and committed to the learning. I think we touched on that a little bit last week. We've gotta stay curious and committed to the learning our 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 biggest mistake is figuring out that we arrived already and therefore there's nothing else additional we need to know or do when we come to the realization that we are lifelong learners and this really honestly this needs to apply to every area of your life you keep learning how to be a good husband you keep learning how to be a good wife You keep learning how to be a good mother. You keep learning how to be a good father. You keep learning how to be a good boss, a good supervisor. When you realize that even though you may have reached a certain level of success, there's still more that you can learn. You find yourself being able to excel in ways that other people do not excel because you're constantly wanting to learn. The danger I think so many of us face is we do certain things to get certain things, and then when we get there, we stop. We don't play that in our house. Me and my husband, we still date. Amen? Amen? Been married 21 years, and he will still say, come on, get ready, we'll go on a date. And I'll still play hard to get. I don't know. I got to check my calendar. I might be washing my hair this weekend. I'll get back with you. We're still going to flirt. Don't get what you want and then stop doing what you did to get that. Sometimes we get a job and we were just amazing in the interview. Woof! And just knocked knocked everybody out of their socks. Oh, this person's amazing. And we get there like, who is this? That doesn't match anything. We said, well, I got the job now. I don't have to keep No, once we get where we're trying to go, we have to realize that there's still more that we can learn and do to grow and excel because you missed the point. Yeah, you got the job, but there may have been a promotion that God had in store for you. But you didn't kick back and relax now. You missed it. Might get fired. We have to realize in the spiritual realm that yes, you may have reached the place that you desire to be, that you put on your vision board, that you prayed about when you were a little kid, and you may be exactly where you always wanted to go, but if you want to stay there, and if you desire to see higher levels, then you have to keep learning. Look with me at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, because the word of God is meant to be our guide for everything that we are going to deal with in our life. Joshua 1 verse eight says, "This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night." that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, somebody say then, thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then, somebody say then, thou shalt have good success. Did you know that was in there? Did you know that there is an actual recipe for prosperity and success? Did you know that when you were buying everybody's book and everybody's seven-step seminar and downloading everybody's program that the word of God already gives us what we need to excel? Why do you think you get so sleepy when it's time to read? Why do you think you get so busy when it's time to get into your scripture? Why do you think it's so hard for you to study the word outside of Sunday? Because the enemy knows that everything that you need is in the word. Now, we need to know that everything we need is in the word. We need to consult it. We need to look there first, before we call our girlfriends, the psychics, the other places we like to look, the horoscopes. Oh, y'all acting like y'all, okay. Before we go looking everywhere else for a word, the prophets. Before we look everywhere else, what did God say? What if, in 2023, before we made a decision, We came to the Word and asked God, What do you want me to do? I can tell you one thing for sure. This year would be transformative for you because He has the answers. And that's the thing I had to remind myself as much as I love my little friends, as much as you love the people that are around you, if they would just be honest with you, they don't have the answers. They don't know what you're, they may have gone through this. They may have a little bit of expertise on how God did it in their life. But newsflash, God may want to do it different in yours. One of the worst things we can do is take someone else's game plan and try to run that same play. We may have different expertise, different history, different backgrounds. That's why when we go to the doctor, we try, we have a new, um, primary care physician and pastor tried to call in a prescription and they were like, no, we got to see him. You self-diagnosing yourself because, you know, somebody else got sick and that's what they took. Well, you don't know their history. You don't know their medical history. You don't know their parent. Every one of us are different. And the beauty about God is he knows because he made you. He knows the number of hairs that you have on your head. He knows everything there is to know about you. And that's the beauty of coming to him because let me just, come on, let's just be honest. Y'all don't tell the whole story when y'all be telling people your problems. You know how y'all leave stuff out so that the story sounds a good way? It reflects good on you so that you can kind of lead them to the conclusion that you want them to to come to so they give you the advice. You know, you're asking them about a job opportunity or you're asking them about a relationship. And you tell them just what you want them to hear to be able to side with you, to agree with you. That's the beauty about God. When we come to God, he's like, don't even try that. I know. I know the whole story. I've seen it all. I know the beginning from the end. I'm the alpha and the omega. So let me tell you what really needs to happen. When you get to the place that you want transparency and authenticity, then you will crave in a way, maybe never like before, where you say, God, I want to hear what you have to say. So we keep learning. We keep turning to the Bible as our source and we make it a priority in our life to know what it says the best thing they could have ever come up with was a concordance anybody have a concordance listen when you're going through something the concordance is your friend if you're depressed you could flip to the back of your bible and look where it says depression and then just start reading those scriptures if you need more faith you look to the back of your bible where it says faith It'll show you all the scriptures in the Bible where God deals with faith. And so can I just give a challenge? You know I like to throw challenges out. This week, every time you're going through something, I need you to grab your Bible and flip to the back, go to the concordance, and find where there is a scripture that deals with what you're dealing with. If you get stuck, Google is your friend. If you really get stuck, you know my number. But I need for us to get in the habit. I honestly am tired of seeing the enemy have his way with you. Because you're not grounded in God's word. We've got to get grounded in the word. Last point, last point. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. The reality of living ready and vigilant lives over our souls, our eternal state of being, is that we ultimately need to come into a saving relationship with Christ. A saving relationship with Christ. The Bible says that people like you and me naturally live in a sinful state. In other words, we all, somebody say all, All. sin and come short of the glory of God. Every last one of us. Now that's a refreshing concept to understand that all of us, our sins may be different. We may struggle differently, but we are all sinners in need of a savior. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior. And many of you probably know the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, where sin entered into the world and all humanity to follow. And naturally, the only possible sacrificial offering to take care of sin's power had to be perfect. And today, this is why we have our hope in Jesus Christ for what is called salvation. That is that Jesus has saved us from otherwise spending an eternity in hell. That we would spend eternity in him, with him in heaven one day. Free from pain, from suffering, temptation. And all of the negative consequences of sin. And we can live ready and confident for every curveball that life may throw us when we are sure of our salvation. Our last scripture comes from Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you turn there with me, our response then is to accept this gift and to come to Him personally. And the good news is, the Bible tells us exactly how to do this. Romans 10, 9 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If we will confess even right here in this moment that jesus is lord and place him on the throne of our hearts and lives he will save our souls tj i'm gonna have you come you know i think a lot of times We say that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our savior, but he doesn't sit on the throne of our hearts. Can I get you to just picture that for a moment? Can I get you to just visualize in your mind a throne? What sits on the throne? Is it your relationships? Is it your job? Is it your 1967 Camaro that you only bring out on a sunny day and make sure that there's nothing that could touch it or mess it up? What sits on the throne of our hearts? Because it must be Jesus. In each, of the, in, a, in each of us, there is something or someone that is currently res- residing, hogging up the throne of our hearts. It directs our every step. It calls us, it controls us in ways that we didn't realize it could. If you've ever battled sap- substance abuse, You know a little bit about what I'm talking about. If you've ever been really, really, really in love blindly, you know what I'm talking about. This thing sits on your heart in such a way that it forces you to do things that you just otherwise could not even imagine yourself doing if you were in your right mind. I want to invite you this morning to let Jesus sit in that place in your heart because he will also move you in directions that you never quite thought you would go. But when you get there, much to your amazement, you'll see, wow, your plan was so much better than my plan. What you wanted to do was so much greater than what I had planned to do. I love you being in control of my life. I love you ordering my steps. I love you directing me. I love you giving me clarity. This is wonderful. This is amazing. This is a journey that some of you need to begin today. Even if you've already said, Jesus Christ, I wanna make you my savior. That's just saying, I don't wanna go to hell. Now it's time to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my lord and my savior i want you to order my steps i want you to show me where to go i want you to show me what to do i want you to use me for your glory if you want to make jesus christ your lord and your savior i just want you to come to the altar this morning And I want you that are sitting there to just evangelize the house. Maybe someone's afraid. Maybe someone doesn't wanna come by themselves. Maybe someone is thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do that in front of all of these people. I want you to be encouraged this morning that what matters most is this exchange that is about to happen with you and God. Other people's opinions of you. Matter not the opportunity is here and I want those of us who already know Jesus who have already made him our Lord who have already made him our Savior to just begin to pray right now that the power of God would move in this place and that someone who does not know him will come into a salvation knowledge of him this morning that as we gather, we don't gather for form or for fashion or for religion, but we gather as we said. We live ready so that God can use us to accomplish His will in this world. So let us just begin to pray as God is ministering to us this morning. You can come if you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord if you need to receive him as your Savior if you want to just rededicate your life to him this morning if you want to just say God I want you to be not just my Savior I want you to be my Lord I want you to come now and I want you to come quickly hallelujah hallelujah thank you God bless your name Jesus come on yes you can praise God for those that are coming Yes, there's more There's more. There are more. Hallelujah. There are more. Have your way, Father God. Have your way, Jesus. We're waiting for you. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your season. Don't leave here the same way you came. You don't have to. God is waiting on an encounter with you. God wants to do something mighty in your life. And you need to take a step of faith right now in this moment to receive your breakthrough. We'll wait one more moment. Hallelujah. Begin to pray. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your moment. We thank you for this season. We thank you for what you're getting ready to do. Father, we thank you right now for this vessel who has come boldly to the throne of grace we thank you father God for your hand of protection we thank you for your wisdom we thank you for your guidance we thank you for your supernatural power God that is working within your vessel on this morning and God I ask that even as he comes forth boldly that you would boldly endue him with power that he would feel a special touch from you this morning, that there would be a supernatural experience that he has because of your grace in this house this morning, because of your anointing in this house this morning, because of your desire to move in his life, Father God. He has responded in faith to what it is that you desire to do. And so I'm asking you right now, touch his heart, touch his life, touch his mind, touch him in every single way that he would bring glory to you. thank you right now Father God for what you're doing in this woman's life I thank you Father God for her act of faith to come boldly to the throne of grace God I thank you right now for how you are taking every care you're taking every worry you're taking every concern every fear every doubt every anything that is unlike you right now Father God we cast it right now on this altar never to be seen again. God, we thank you in advance because we walk by faith. We do not walk by sight. God, we believe in your power. We know that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or even think to ask. And so God, we're asking you right now to take every care, take every worry, take every concern and take it off of her. Oh, God, you said that you would do this for us this morning. And so we're believing by faith, Father, that you are doing a mighty work in her life. Let her testify. Let her live ready. Let her share about your goodness. Let her share about this encounter. Let her share about your grace. And we will give you and you alone the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Just begin to pray. God is not finished. Just begin to pray. I need all of my believers to just begin to pray. This is not a spectator event, this is God moving, God having His way, God doing the work through us that He desires to do for this community and for his people and we want to give you space to move father God this is your service this is your house these are your people have your way this morning thank you for what you're doing this morning. I thank you for how I thank you for how you're moving freely throughout this sanctuary, even as I'm praying right now. Touch every heart. Touch every heart. Minister to every heart. Every unspoken prayer request right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every unspoken need. Every unspoken concern every unspoken pain in the mighty name of Jesus I ask that you move by your power move by your spirit father go up and down every aisle touch every heart touch every mind let every person under the sound of my voice let every person on YouTube let every person on Facebook let every person who is watching the replay let every person on Spotify father God your spirit let it rain supreme let it move let it go forth let it do that what you desire to do and we'll be careful to give you and you alone the praise and the honor and the glory in the mighty name of jesus we pray somebody say amen